25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. Happy Hanukkah. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Stay home tonight The story is told The young and the old Together As twilight greets the setting sun Light the candles one by one Remember the past Traditions that last forever And we're home. 
Hanukkah, everybody. That's right. Hey, Freilich and Hanukkah. Chag Urim Sameach. As we celebrate Hanukkah 5779 here at JM in the AM. Good morning, all. It is day two of Hanukkah. Tonight, by the way, as we uh, remind everybody about Alanisim and all the different things we say on Hanukkah, tonight, outside of Israel, we start saying the same Talumatar. That is tonight. Keep that in mind for tonight. In Israel, they've been saying it for a while already. Uh, but again, that applies to us outside of Israel. Hanukkah Light from Ari Goldwag, New York Boys Choir, had Gadol, Al Anisim done by the Amude Sheish. Shal Shelas Jr. with their Al Anisim, Chasof, that's Yaakov Shweki. Happy Hanukkah, my friend, from the cast of the same album. And of course, Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 39 degrees outside with 58% humidity. Winds in north at 9 miles an hour. Partly cloudy and a high temperature of 42. Then tonight, clear skies, a low of 29. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high, 39 degrees. We're at 57 in Yerushalayim. 39 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Big Tuesday, of course. Today at 8.15, Yaichi Herzog is expected in studios. We pay tribute to the 70 years of the Royal Wine Corporation. That's Kedem. He'll be stopping by for a uh, historic con- conversation. 
Certainly one about history, I can tell you that much. Uh, so we'll be doing that uh, coming up here at um, at JM in the AM in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. And um, Rabbi Dr., uh, well, Dr. Mark Shapiro is going to join us from Torah in Motion. He's got a big trip to Greece, ironically enough, coming up this summer. We'll talk about it now during Hanukkah, which will be funny and appropriate, I guess. Shiva League Sports Update coming up in the 7 o'clock hour and plenty more. It is, after all, a Tuesday morning edition, a Hanukkah edition of JM in the AM. Keep it right here at the Nachum Single Network, and we say happy Hanukkah, everybody.
delicious and yum. Eat every bit to the very last crumb. So many flavors to enjoy. Happy Hanukkah to every girl and boy. So we ate the donut with sugar on top and decided to run to one more shop. But we turned around and to our surprise, we saw the biggest donut. It was super sized. Wow, what a donut. Whose could it be? The baker said, it's for Uncle Moishi. Uncle Moishi walked in and we said, hello. He said, this donut's for my friend Bello. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sukaniot, delicious and yum. Eat every bit to the very last crumb. So many flavors to enjoy. Happy Hanukkah to every girl and boy. Sukaniot, delicious and yum. Eat every bit to the very last crumb. So many flavors to enjoy. Happy Hanukkah to every girl and boy. Sukaniot, delicious and yum. Eat every bit to the very last crumb. So many flavors to enjoy. Happy Hanukkah to every girl and boy. Thanks for the donut. Is this the eighth night? We light with family. Recall with great pride our escape from great tyranny. Sof, sof, more Sufgani, 
yeah, another eight miracles in life. Come on. And there you go. That's Lenny Solomon and company with Eitan G. It's Hanukkah night. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Afreilich and Hanukkah. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, tonight, Vesein Talumatar starts after, uh, uh, during Mariv. Tonight, it starts outside of Israel. In Israel, they've been saying it for a while. Vesein Talumatar begins tonight. Keep that in mind. I want to thank those who have been commenting on the NSN app. Happy anniversary to the Caulkers. Richie and Terry celebrating 29 years on the third night of Hanukkah. Oh, that must have been cool. Having a nice Hanukkah burning brightly at the wedding. Um, What else do we have here? 
Oh, eighth day. We got to get to eighth day. It's got a great miracle song. We got to get to. Uh, Kadei, that was brand new from Mordechai Shapiro, 613, brand new with Bohemian Hanukkah. Donuts from Uncle Maishi, who's performing Sunday, of, uh, Monday, of course, in the two shows at Lincoln Center with the Big Apple Circus. Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah from Jonathan Rimberg. Yivanim, that was the Yeshiva Boys. Lahodos, that was Eitan Freilich. Lots going on. Galitzal in the background. News from Israel coming up. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSNF. Listener Justin, who always follows the uh, weather, says we might, might have some snow on Hanukkah. Sunday into Monday, <laughs> from the 7th to 8th day, there might be some snow. <laughs> Is that a thing? I guess so. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. But I guess it would be pretty funny and cool, I guess. Next year, it is really a shot because it's so much later, right? Yeah, next year, Hanukkah is much, much later on the secular calendar. JM and the AM at 39 degrees. Speaking of weather, partly cloudy and a high temperature of 42. We're at 57 in Israel and Yushalayim. Here we're at 39 in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Yeshiva League sports update about 15 minutes away. The Yeshiva League sports update about 15 minutes away. Keep it right here at JM Nam. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday is next. We say Boker Tov, Chanukah Sameach from JM Nam. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Ashah Shtaim, Kanoa Mavirami, Mashakore Achshav. Mivza Magen Sfoni. Tzal Odia Litur Minheret Terror at Kefit Rishona, Shechadra Kerbaim et Rim Letoch Shetach Israel, Milvanon. Aramatkal Ravaluf Gadi Eisenkot, Arach Lifneis Man Katsar, Siyur Baezor. גורמים בקבינט מביעים תמיהה על הגדרת הפעילות לניטרול המנהרות בגבול הצפון כמבצע צבאי רחב וכיף. כתבתנו טל זרביב. גורמים במערכת הפוליטית מותחים ביקורת על ניפוח ממדי המבצע בצפון וטוענים כי בסך הכל מדובר בפעולה לניטרול מנהרות בשטחנו. לדבריהם אפשר היה לעשות את זה גם עוד חודש, ועדיף היה לפני חודש. שרים בקבינט העריכו שהמבצע יערך מספר שבועות והוסיפו, נתניהו אוסר עלינו להתראיין בנושא כדי לגזור את הקרדיט לעצמו ולהיות חתום על הפעולה. בתוך כך הקבינט המדיני-ביטחוני התכנס הערב לדיון בשעה שבע וחצי בקריה בתל אביב. ראש הממשלה נתניהו אמר בעקבות המבצע, מי שינסה לפגוע במדינת ישראל ישלם מחיר כבד. לדבריו ישראל פועלת באופן גלוי וסמוי בכל הגזרות. כוחות האו"ם בגבול ישראל-לבנון קוראים לשני הצדדים להימנע מהסלמה. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. ארגון האו"ם המפקח על הפסקת האש בדרום לבנון פרסם הודעה שבה נאמר אנו עוקבים אחר הדיווחים התקשורתיים ומצויים במגע עם הגורמים הנוגעים בדבר יש להבטיח שהצדדים ישתמשו בערוצי הקישור והתיאום של יוניפיל כדי לשמור על השקט והיציבות. מחיזבאללה וגם מממשלת לבנון טרם יצאה תגובה רשמית. שביתת הנשים, עיכובים בהמראות בנמל התעופה בן גוריון, כתבנו ניר שוויד. ועד עובדי רשות שדות התעופה הודיע שהוא תומך במאבק וינקוט בפעולות מחאה. כתוצאה מכך נוצרו שיבושים בלוח הטיסות ועוכבו תשע טיסות שכעת כבר המריאו. גופים ממלכתיים רבים נוספים הודיעו שיתמכו במאבק, ביניהם הכנסת, בית הנשיא ושורה ארוכה של רשויות מקומיות.
בתל אביב חסמו מוקדם יותר המפגינות את צומת עזריאלי. בשעה זו נחתם, נחסם לסירוגין גם רחוב, גם שדרות רוטשילד בעיר נחסמו. בירושלים בשעה זו יותר מאלף בני אדם בעצרת מחאה. משם מדווחת כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. בכיכר ספרא מחוץ לעיריית ירושלים נמצאות כעת כ-2,000 נשים בעצרת מחאה נגד אלימות כלפי נשים. ראש העיר משה ליאון, שרק הבוקר נכנס רשמית לתפקיד, נאם בעצרת. במקביל מתקיימות עצרות מחאה ואירועים נוספים בכל האוניברסיטאות בארץ ומכללות רבות נוספות. כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון צחי דבוש מעדכן מגבול הצפון בענייני מנהרות הטרור. המנהרה יצאה מדרום הכפר קילה מתוך בית פרטי ונחפרה במשך שנתיים. בשעה זו לוחמי צה"ל פועלים לנטרל אותה. לפני זמן קצר הרמטכ"ל איידנקוט קיים סיור בגבול לבנון ונפגש עם ראשי היישובים. בצה"ל מבקשים מהתושבים באזור לשמור על שגרה. עם זאת, כל חטיבת הקומנדו, כוחות שריון, חיל האוויר וחיל הים נערכים להתפתחות של האירועים. לטענת דובר צה"ל, עיתוי המבצע שתוכנן זמן רב נבחר מראש. עד כאן. ומזג האוויר מעונן חלקית עם ירידה בטמפרטורות. בשעות הערב ייתכן גשם מקומי. אלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב. Yeah. 
Jam in the AM with Yaakov Shweki, We Are a Miracle. That's the title track, Nitzotzot from Yaakov Shweki. Before that, Eighth Day with their Miracle of Light, as requested on our app from the brand-new album entitled Stronger, Closer Here at JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Happy Hanukkah. Chag Urim Sameach. Afrelech and Hanukkah to everybody worldwide. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for commenting on the NSN app. Much appreciated. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and feel free to comment away. Hello, Atlanta. Rabbi says, good morning from Atlanta. Happy Hanukkah. Um, he says we may even get some snow in Atlanta this weekend. Wow. <laughs> Trucker Yitz is in the Catskills. He says it's chilly and wishes everybody a happy second day of Hanukkah. Don't forget we say Vesein Tal Umatar tonight. Again, we start saying Vesein Tal Umatar tonight. The Sukkim Ding Hanukkah celebration with Chazak. They remind everybody that the circus is back in town and two major performances coming up this uh, Monday, the last day of Hanukkah, two shows, 12 noon and 3 p.m. at the Big Apple Circus, uh, which is located at Lincoln Center, 175 West 62nd Street in New York City. Go to jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. The Big Apple Circus, Uncle Maishi, Simcha Liner, all together on the last day of Hanukkah and two two shows Noon and 3 o'clock. Again, that's noon and 3 o'clock. Check it out and enjoy. Information, go to jewishtickets.com or contact Suki and Ding, 718-854-6902, 718-854-6902. It is time for our Yeshiva League Sports Update. Tuesdays at this time, Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor, brings us the Yeshiva League Sports Update with all the latest happening in the Yeshiva League. Here it is. Brand new, JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. With Thanksgiving behind us in December, already in full swing, teams are now starting to look toward the home stretch. Today on the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update, MTA Varsity Hockey puts a dent in Hampshire's division ground chase. Three overtime games help keep things close in the JV Hockey East. Another stinging loss for varsity basketball defending champs and results from the Wiener Tournament in Baltimore. All that and more straight ahead. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. We'll start off with varsity basketball, where for the first time in their four years, the senior class of the Mag and David Warriors is experiencing a losing streak. The Warriors followed up their last second loss to North Shore with a 59-47 loss at SAR last night. For the Sting, the win helps avoid their own potential two-game skid, but also gains a measure of revenge for last year's semifinal embarrassment in Brooklyn. In other action, the last two undefeated teams are undefeated no more, as Heschel, despite 32 points from junior Ricky Sutton, dropped a 63-60 contest at TABC behind Alex Ostrin's 17, and the last team standing, the Rambam Ravens, came up short to the formerly one-win JEC Thunder, 63-59. JEC scored 33 points in the fourth quarter to turn a nine-point halftime deficit into the victory. Senior Moshe Heller led JEC with 17, Aaron Azos paced the Ravens and the game with 23. Also, away from the metropolitan area, congratulations to the Hafter Hawks on winning the Wiener Basketball Tournament. The Hawks and host Beth Fila went to double overtime before Hafter would pull away for the 59-48 championship win. 
Moving over to varsity hockey, where the MTA Lions and Hafter Hawks squared off Saturday night. In a battle between two teams heading in opposite directions, MTA at 2-4-0-1, fighting to stay relevant in the West playoff race, and Hafter at 3-1, the closest opposition to undefeated DRS at the top of the East, a Hafter victory was to be expected. However, this year we've come to expect just about anything else. The game was scoreless for 33 minutes for MTA senior Daniel Landa put home the game's lone goal to give the Lions the upset win. For Hafter, the loss knocks them another game behind DRS with the Wildcats not having many potential losses left on their calendar and also moves them towards the massive pack of three and four loss teams all vying for the East playoff spots. In the West, MTA, a team seemingly needing help, now with new life. They sit in a pack of five teams within four points of each other for the last three playoff spots. That pack also includes the JEC Thunder, who pulled off an upset win over Ramaz 2-1, behind two goals from senior Shia Kornick. In JV hockey, extra time was in the air last Wednesday night, as three or four games went more than the allotted 36 minutes. Two of those games were rivalry games with Flappage hosting Mac and David, and DRS battling Hafter. In Brooklyn, the Flappage Falcons ceded a late third-period goal to the Warriors to require the overtime period, but would grab the W on sophomore Jerry Sabag's second goal of the contest for their third win of the season. Out in the five towns, the DRS Wildcats erased three one-goal Hafter leads to force the extra session, where sophomore Kyle Siegel put home the game winner to even the Cats' record at 2-2, two and two, and keep the chance alive at the division crown. Also keeping their chances alive, the third game that went to extras between the division-leading North Shore Stars and the Rambam Ravens. North Shore held a 3-0 lead late in the third before the Ravens turned on the Jets and scored three goals to tie the game. Unlike the other two, this would remain a tie, leaving North Shore with a record of 6-2-1 with one game left on the calendar. Finally, one girls varsity basketball score of note, SAR completed their season sweep of Frisch 68-45 behind 38 points from senior Adira Orbach. And that was your Tuesday morning Jame the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg.
JM and the AM, a song that really means Hanukkah to a lot of people. Daddy Come Home, that is a uh, tune from the Yeshiva Boys Choir. JM and the AM, uh, thanks to Elliot Weiselberg for our Yeshiva League Sports Update. Much appreciated, as always. I want to remind everybody that on Monday, the eighth day of Hanukkah, um, the Big Apple Circus plus Uncle Maishi and Simcha Line are all together at the Big Apple Circus in Lincoln Center, 12 noon and 3 p.m. Purchase your tickets by going to jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday, the last day of Hanukkah. Reminder, tonight at Mariv, we start saying the same Talumatar. Uh, those outside of Israel. In Israel, they've been saying it for a while. Outside of Israel, we start saying the same Talumatar tonight. Keep that in mind, in addition to Alan Nisim, etc. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebun Yosef and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Our commentaries have asked the question as to why the miracle of Hanukkah was expressed through the menorah. Surely, there were many other things that had to be performed in rededicating the Beis Hamikdash. Why was the menorah, the one that was chosen, to symbolize the rededication. The Chovetz Chaim said, concerning the Geula Shalema, Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed by Hashem as exactly how to construct the Beis Hamikdash and the various kalim, the vessels that were used in the service. However, when it came to the menorah, Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty understanding it. Three times he was told exactly what to do. And somehow, each time, he could not get the command. Why did he have difficulty in understanding this mitzvah? The Chavetz Chaim answers that all of our Svarim tell us that each kli, each one of the vessels in the Beis Hamikdash, apart from having a specific purpose in itself, alluded to a higher aspect of being. For example, the Aaron Kodesh, apart from storing the Shnei Luchos Abris, also alluded to the fact that there's a higher form of Chochmah. The Shulchan that the Lechem Aponim were placed on alluded to the blessing of bread, the physical needs of man that can only be attained through Hashem's Bracha. The Menorah also had its message. It represented the Kiyum Anitzchi, the establishment of Klal Yisrael forever that Bnei Yisrael would be able to sustain itself against all odds. This is the illusion of the symbol which Hashem transmitted to Moshe when he asked Moshe Rabbeinu to fashion the menorah. However, when Moshe Rabbeinu heard these instructions, he was perplexed. He had already seen through Nevoah the great suffering Bnei Yisrael would have to go through. Therefore, he could not understand how could he make a menorah for this nation as a symbol of light and hope, and belief in the nitzchius, in the eternity of the Jew. He saw the tzaras. Hashem then told Moshe, take the gold from which the menorah was supposed to be made and cast it into the fire. After this, the menorah would miraculously appear by itself without the need for Moshe Rabbeinu to construct it. What Hashem was telling Moshe, is that the world and its existence cannot be understood by human logic. It is beyond our comprehension. There is a higher intelligence, a master plan, which ensures the nitzchius, the eternity of Klal Yisroel. 
Hashem taught Moshe Rabbeinu that through the gold and the fire, through adversity and tragedy, Chas v'shalom, Klal Yisrael will forge ahead stronger and better than before. And in the future, we will all experience and merit the Geula Shalema. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a Freilich and Chanukah. J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday on this second day of Hanukkah 5779. Don't forget tonight we start saying Vesein Talumotar, uh, something they've been doing in Israel already, but outside of Israel that begins tonight at uh, Mariv. J.M. in the A.M. on this uh, a Tuesday Hanukkah morning. Dr. Mark Shapiro is with us live via telephone. He holds the Weinberg Chair in Judaic Studies at the University of Scranton. He's a graduate of uh, Brandeis and Harvard and author of numerous articles and reviews and a very popular scholar in residence at synagogues around the world. He's also written many books, including Between the Yeshiva World and Modern Orthodoxy and The Limits of Orthodox Theology. Dr. Mark Shapiro is going to be leading for Torah in Motion, a, um, a journey to Greece that starts on August the 13th of 2019. And we felt that uh, there is likely no better time of year to discuss Greece... <laughs> and Jews visiting Greece than now during the holiday of Hanukkah. Dr. Mark Shapiro, Hanukkah Sameach, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Glad to be here. Pleasure to have you on. You've done this trip before. I saw you just uh, actually did the Greece trip this past summer. Yeah, we did it, and uh, it was sold out. Uh, We had uh, 42 uh, guests, travelers, uh, in what we call our, uh, our traveling classroom, our traveling yeshiva, 
And uh, because it was so popular, we decided, oh, we often wait uh, two years to repeat a trip, but uh, we decided to do it again next year. All right, and it starts August the 13th. Um, where, where would you put Greece in, on, on the list of places that people focus on when it comes to Jewish history? And I say it like that because I think a lot of people, especially in this audience, know a lot about Eastern Europe, um, certainly uh, um, uh, the part of the world that includes Russia and that area. But when it comes to Greece, I just don't think the majority of people know a lot about it. That is true. Uh, Even though that Jews have been living continuously in Greece longer than anywhere else in Europe. Uh, And uh, much of the reason we don't know much about it is because, first of all, in the Ashkenazic world, uh, the Sephardic world is often off our map, and the destruction of the Holocaust was so complete. Uh, Salonika was was a a Jewish city in many respects uh, until the beginning of the 20th century. The, uh, the ports, for instance, were closed on Shabbos. Wow. And uh, they suffered something like 95% uh, death during the Holocaust. There was an entire Greek sort of Judaism called the Romaniot Jews, and uh, there's very few of them left in this world. So it's a very long tradition with its own minhagim, its own rabbinic leaders. And there is actually, in New York City, there is a Greek synagogue. That dates, it's now a National Historic Site. It dates from the early part of the 20th century. The Anina Synagogue on the Lower East Side. Uh, listeners, if you haven't been there, it's certainly worth going to see there. They have a little museum, and it tries to preserve uh, Greek history, Jewish history in America. And we actually spend Shabbos in Yanina, which uh, still has a tiny Jewish community. Uh, that's what I was going to ask, if there is still a Jewish community to see and to be part of there uh, when you visit Greece. Yes, there is. Unfortunately, there, there's not much left. Uh, most of the Jews who survived the war uh, went to the Holocaust. I mean, went, went to the state of Israel. Although, uh, if you've been following the news recently, you know there are still Jews, and there's even Chabad there. Right. You might have heard about the airplane uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, going to Israel. We couldn't make it in time, the Yalal flight. Right. They had to make an emergency landing in Athens, and uh, the wonderful Chabad uh, rabbi and Rebetzin took care of over 100 uh, Jews there. So you have uh, shuls, old shuls, that were not destroyed in many places, and uh, we go to Corfu also. I mean, Corfu has a, a very long Jewish history, one of the first... Um, I guess you call them proto-Zionist rabbis. Yehuda Bibas was from Corfu. Incidentally, many Esrogim, when they spoke about Esrogim that came from Greece, they came from right around Corfu. <laughs> They're called the Corfu Esrogim. And when Chovetzion um, began settling Eretz Yisrael, many of the Rabbanim declared that uh, you can no longer use these Esrogim because we have to support the Yishuv. While others said, no, that uh, this is our tradition. And... Uh, but today they don't have a game anymore in Greece, which I guess is a good thing because we can support uh, the Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Dr. Mark Shapiro is with us. The trip to Greece through Torah in Motion begins on August the 13th this coming summer. Uh, we talk about it today, first of all, to get people to uh, understand that they've got to make plans for the summer, and that sometimes takes time. But in addition, they are offering a special Hanukkah discount between now and the end of Hanukkah. Dr. Shapiro, why is it appropriate on the holiday of Hanukkah, to offer a discount for a trip to Greece? It's a good question, because uh, when you look in Jewish history and tradition about Greece, there's really two aspects of it. Obviously, we know on Hanukkah that it's a, it's a struggle against Hellenization and attempts really to become Greek-oriented as opposed to uh, holding on to our Jewish values. On the other hand, the rabbis, and especially the Rambam and many of the philosophers, recognized that there were two sides to Greece. There was the pagan, uh, materialistic side, 
which is represented, obviously, by uh, the enemy in the Hanukkah story. On the other hand, there also was much that was good about Greece, I mean, even the Greek language, which they talk about the Torah being able to be written in. And uh, the Rambam himself and many others speak about all the positive that came out of Greece, such as Greek philosophy, I guess you could say like a higher Greek civilization, which they thought that if used carefully, it not only is compatible with Torah, but helps illuminate Torah in many ways. So on the trip to Greece, you know, we talk about these two aspects, the aesthetic, which is something positive. On the other hand, the, uh, the materialistic, sensual aspect, which the sages warned us against. So Greece is a fascinating place because uh, you see how Jews could be tempted to go in the positive or the negative. And as I said, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, the Chazal speak about Athens and uh, what it had to offer in many places. So to see these, these sites, uh, I think uh, people will find it fascinating. There is a whole list of cities that you visit. You mentioned Athens and Corfu. There's some others, as, and Salonika you mentioned as well. Uh, the others all had, the others that are on this list all had a Jewish presence there? Sure. Not only they have a Jewish presence, in many of them they had uh, the special Romanio Jews. What happened was after the expulsion from Spain, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the the Christians didn't want the Jews. Greece at the time was controlled by uh, the Ottomans, and they welcomed the Jews. And Sephardim moved into uh, Greece. In fact, they ended up taking over almost all the cities in Greece. But you still had small groups of what we call Romaniot uh, Jews with their own, as I said, their own nusach and their own approaches. If you go to these cities uh, with, on the map, which uh, we will be visiting, a number of them still have Romaniot synagogues, uh, small Jewish communities. It's very sad, but uh, it's also very moving to go to a place and we'll dive in Mincha there, and there hasn't been a Mincha service there in, uh, in many years. Uh, this summer, God willing, we can say it's been one year, but uh, it's mostly a museum today. On the other hand, uh, it's important uh, to visit these places, and uh, the the point you made at the beginning about most people think about Eastern Europe, they don't recognize uh, Greece as part of the history, but as I said, it's a very long history, and uh, to a certain extent it continues, although in much uh, lessened form. And we shouldn't focus on materialism, especially as we... uh... (laughs) think about the history of our holiday. Nonetheless, we should mention that there'll be uh, very nice hotels provided, expert local guides, and delicious kosher meals. So all that is taken care of for those who participate in the trip. Yes. In fact, uh, the food, we really have to say something about the food. Although in certain places we have restaurants, uh, both in Salonika and in Athens. And Athens Chabad has a wonderful restaurant. But we stay at the hotel in Yanina, and the former chief rabbi of Salonika actually comes from Eretz Yisrael, He's the Rav HaMachshir. He, he, he even taught us uh, last summer a uh, nice Ladino song to sing at the, sh- at the Shabbat table. So it is a first-class uh, trip, and uh, uh, anyone who comes uh, will certainly find it, uh, not just from a, a Ruchnia standpoint, also from a Gashmia standpoint, uh, very satisfactory. Let me put it that way. Journey Through Jewish History, Greece 2019. It begins on August the 13th. Dr. Mark Shapiro is the leader and the speaker and uh, Torah in Motion has all the information. Go to torahinmotion.org slash travel slash Greece. Again, torahinmotion.org slash travel slash Greece. The trip begins August the 13th. If you reserve during Hanukkah, you are entitled to a $300 discount in honor of the holiday. This is actually a great Hanukkah gift. So everybody out there. 
Get ready to plan a wonderful week in Greece starting August the 13th. Go to TorahInMotion.org slash travel slash Greece. Dr. Mark Shapiro, we wish you a very happy Hanukkah and good luck with the trip. You too. Thank you very much. Tuesday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM.
There we go. JM and the AM on a Tuesday. Hanukkah day number two. Tonight we start saying the Saint Talamotar, don't forget. Uh, light up the night. You know who that is. Your Achmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir. Yaakov Shweki before that with Netzach Israel. The Hanukkah medley done by Micha Gammerman. Ohad in there with Lavado here at JM and the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSingle.com. On the NachumSingle Network and of course in the beloved NSN app. Hey! Our friends at Wisatsky Tea have a delicious chai tea signature set that they are selling, and in this case, giving away. We've got a free set of the Wisatsky Tea chai collection available to you right now if you are the 10th emailer to the following address, win, W-I-N, at NahumSiegel.com, win at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M, S-E-G-A-L.com. If you're the 10th emailer, win at NahumSiegel.com. You will be the winner of the Wisatsky uh, Chai Tea Collection, uh, something they're doing with us all through Hanukkah week. And I thank the folks at Wisatsky, and they wish everybody a very, very happy Hanukkah. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Yechi Herzog of Kedem is going to be joining us. Plenty more on a Hanukkah day two at JM in the AM. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Benny Friedman. Brand new single, Vesecha Zena. Tuesday morning, well, it is Hanukkah, day two of Hanukkah. And one of the things that we announced uh, last week is that during Hanukkah, we're going to uh, take this opportunity during this wonderful Chag uh, to pay tribute to the um, Kedem Royal Wine Corporation. Two reasons. Number one, because they recently announced that they are uh, celebrating their 70th year, which is pretty amazing. 70 years of Royal Wine Kedem, founded uh, back in 1948. So that's one great reason. The second reason is because we desperately wanted Yochi Herzog of Kedem to be here for this occasion. And the only week that we know that he is definitely not traveling is Hanukkah week. And therefore we say happy Hanukkah and a freilchen Hanukkah to Yochi Herzog and welcome to JM in the AM. To all your listeners and to Klal Yisroel, from the amazing Lower East Side of New York City. <laughs> and I'm right that this is the one week you don't travel, right? It's rare. Yeah, it's, no, rare. it's not the only week, right. but Baruch Hashem. It's rare you travel during Hanukkah. Baruch Hashem, there's Hanukkah, so you got to stay home for the children. And the reason you're so nostalgic for the Lower East Side is, number one, the, after all, no matter where you go on this globe that has a historic Jewish community, you get very into it, whether it's Europe, Israel, here, you always love visiting... Uh, you know, classic Jewish communities. But in addition to that, 
Uh, there was, many people remember, on Norfolk Street. It was Norfolk Street, right? Sure. Um, Norfolk was one of the later ones. It started on Rivington Street. Rivington was what? Was it a retail store? Was it a warehouse? What was it? On, Actually, on... the first Kedem uh, winery was on 75 Kenmare Street. Right oh, we know Kenmare, Delancey Street. No, Ken, Kenmare is Delancey. The extension right. of Delancey, Correct. right? That's where my Zayd Oliver Shalom, Rabbi Herzog, he arrived in 1948. That's where he joined the Royal Wine Corporation, the first Kenmare. We always drive by there, we honk the horn. There's nothing there. That's where it all started. 75 Kenmare Street on the Lower East Side. And that's because your grandfather became part of that Royal Wine Corporation? Yes. How did, how did it work? He was part number eight. There was a lot of other, there was Birnbaum. There was Englander, Lip, Lipschitz was later a bunch of partners, and he joined as a as a as a greener, right. as they called him from Slovakia, came over to this country, didn't speak the language, with six children, lost his parents in the Holocaust, was very determined to continue because he was, as you know, this, I'm the eighth generation, he was the sixth generation in the wine business, and determined to stay in the wine business, so he joined the Royal Wine Corporation. And to make a very long story short, <clears throat> within 10 years, he bought out all of his partners and he brought his children into the business, my uh, father and, and Shmuley and Uncle Shia, et cetera, et cetera. But it all started on 75 Kenmare Street. <clears throat> then they were on the, I forget, another place. Then they were in Rivington Street, right. then Norfolk Street, then Long Island City, then the Bronx, then Brooklyn, like many, like uh, Yaakov sure. Avinu, all the Gullison. <laughs> and then finally, as you know, in the last... 18 years in Bayonne, New Jersey. Right, but the but the wines were always made in upstate New York in that era? Like, what was going on in no. the 40s and 50s? In those days, they were produced here. Literally. There were vats, I don't know if you call it, in Norfolk Street. Right. I still remember, uh, not yeah, that long yeah. ago, in the bottom and the basement, the cellar. Correct. They called it the Keller, the cellar. There were little press machines. It was a much smaller company. Right. There were small machines and presses and tanks. And the bottling lines, everything on a much smaller scale. So they just got grape, grape deliveries over there. Grape deliveries in the middle of the night. The trucks came in and delivered the goods. And the, the entire winery was here. It's only later that they, uh, I think in the 60s, that they started in Milton, New York, right. the, the, the winery. And then now it's in Marlboro, New York, where you've, you've been to already. Sure. And, uh, That's then, quite a facility. Yeah, and then we also have the winery in California, of right. course, the Herzog Winery. But it all started in the lower, very nostalgic. And I, I dove in Chakrov today, the Bialystok Shul. I haven't been here in years. <laughs> Beautiful to see Mignonim. And to see. It's like a shtetl. It's like I went back to the old shtetl, to Davin and the Gabai. Same Gabai, same cute announcement. Welcome, everybody. And it was nostalgic. Yochi Herzog's here. We're talking about the 70 years of Kedem. So I'm just curious. I know we have a lot to talk about regarding the last few years. But, but early on, hmm. you, see, I was always under the impression that your grandfather came here and founded a company. Now you've straightened out. Now I understand exactly what happened. He became a partner, a partner. in Royal. There was, a, there was already a winery. And he uh, joined. He was one of the partners who joined. Right. And he was a smart man and determined man and after years they realized that this guy knows what he's talking about right. he, he he would produce the wine in the morning go out in the afternoon to write the orders and he had a he had a driver's license for a special truck and he would deliver it at night himself i have a picture somewhere at home of his driver's license for a special you know, need a special license to commercial drive a license truck. i guess yeah. <clears throat> commercial license and he would deliver the goods and he just so he was you know, literally the delivery guy. He was in charge delivery, of the winery, in charge of sales. He delivery, was the delivery guy. Delivery, production, 
and, and a lot of tefillah. I don't know if you remember him, but people who remember him, they used to call him Mamish, the, the businessman, the tzaddik. He would daven a typical Shemana Esrei with tears, just crying to Hashem, talking to Hashem, and, and davening and davening and davening. Well, who was the older man in Norfolk Street? Well, my Zayde was there until a few months before he passed away. Which was Mr. When? Rosenberg. My grandfather passed away 25 years ago. So I remember him. Yes. I remember him there, of yes, course. Yes, and my late grandmother, Leo Shalom. Wow. They would cross the bridge. I used to drive them many times. They lived in Williamsburg. Right. They would cross the bridge, or they would take the bus. But if, if I was around, I would take him in the car and uh, and bring him. In his later years, he was you know semi-retired for right. many, many years. He learned most of the day, but he still came in every day for a few hours. I looked at the books and he had all the Mishalachim. I have Mishalachim coming to my house. It's 25 years since he passed away. And they'll tell me that I have to give him a big check because my Zayd, the Bioyna Herzog, Oliver Shalom, gave him a check every year and it was so nice to him and a bottle of wine. So he, the last 10 years of his life, he was probably giving away more tzedakahs than anything. Unbelievable. People used to line up on the Lower East Side. Unbelievable. What would he say about the company today, I wonder? I wonder what he would say if he would see the way uh, you guys have built an unbelievable operation, an incredible company at this point. I, I hope he will be happy with everything we do. I hope so. I'm sure he would shut nachas because, as my father always says, <coughs> excuse me, not only in the Kiddush Hayayin business, but in the Kiddush Hashem business. Right. So as we expand, as we grow to more countries, more brands, we should always continue making a Kiddush Hashem wherever we are. Amen. Uh, those of you who have a computer or your phone or your tablet or your laptop, go to it now. We're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. And the reason that we're encouraging you to go to the uh, uh, Facebook Live broadcast this moment is because Yochi Herzog is not only here to celebrate 70 years, he's here to share with us some real nostalgia, some real memories with some of the uh, items that he has brought into our studio this morning as we reminisce about the last 70 years of the Kedem uh, Corporation and the Royal Wine. And uh, so, therefore, we suggest you go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, and I'm sure plenty of people are going to comment about bottles and, and artifacts that they remember because you, you showed me one so far only, which we're going to put up in a second. You showed me one, and the first reaction I had was, wow, am I old. I remember that bottle on my table, as I'm sure many people out there will as well. I went to my <clears throat> cellar, and I went to the office, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> room where we have some of these old collectibles, and I found some amazing stuff, which I know you <laughs> and your listeners are going to listen. The first one I have here to show you, yeah. it's called the two-eared bottle. In Yiddish, people call it the zwei Oiden. <laughs> the two-eared <laughs> bottle. It's an old, old Kerem bottle, which was produced in the lower on the Lower East Side, actually. I'm going to ask As you to you hold it up see. to that camera just so people can see the label. Uh, here, put it on this side so people can see that label. There you go. And this says Kedem on top. It does say in big, bold letters, Kushal of Pesach. You wanted to make sure people sure do does, that. Sure does. And I'm sure a lot of people, if you don't recognize it, then you're, if you don't recognize it, then you're 30 or younger. <laughs> or 35 or 40. <clears throat> this bottle is probably 45 to 50 years old. And it says Royal Sacramental, California, and it's a port wine. And did, ev- I mean, I, rem- I, I we didn't have port on our table, but we had that bottle. Did this bottle... Uh, did, did all the wines come in this all, bottle? All of the Kedem sweet wines. This Every is the, Kedem sweet wine. It's called came. the half-gallon bottles. And they all... heavy, heavy glass bottles, eight to a case. I remember as a bocher, Ben Azman, I'm going to the factory to help out a little bit. It was schlepping, schlepping the cases and the, no elevators and delivering it all over New York City. They were but heavy. This huh? was the bottle. This Unbelievable. Was the bottle. So, and and you would think that that bottle stopped being produced around when? 
When when was that battle retired? I would say probably 25, 25 to 30 years ago. And is it a big deal when a bottle like that's retired? Is it like a big deal in your company when you make a switch from glass to plastic or you make a switch from a certain size to another size? Are there a lot of old-timers who give you who give you beef over that? <laughs> not really, not really, because you, know, you don't want to change with the time. Like, look at grape juice, yeah? Right. Until a few years ago, it was all glass, glass grape juice. Sure. Today, it's much more plastic grape juice, you know, the 64-ounce, the 96-ounce. Right. We just switched even the baby juice. Right. The Purim size, which was in glass for many, many years, we just switched to an 8-ounce cute plastic bottle. And, yeah, there's always people who say, I want the old, I want the old. But the idea is it's, it's all it's also supply and demand. It's easier to get plastic, easier to handle. Sure. The molds go away and come. So you want to, you know, part of your marketing, Tim, is you want to change the labels, change marketing change the packaging that's and the retailers especially do. those who put it on the shelves are very happy when it's they plastic. love plastic yeah i they can imagine plastic. and there are those you've told us in the past there are those who insist that there still be glass on their shabbos table there are those who feel that you know what on a shabbos table i need to have glass not plastic they'll make sure to buy the glass bottle very much so yeah. and that's why we we have the 1.5 liter right non-mavushal grape juice in glass right it's more shabbos dig it's more yantav dig and, and I understand where the people yeah, come of from, course. so we do have that. All right, which but one I, is this? I found a bottle which will really, really blow you away for many reasons. My grandfather, Olavashon, was such a forward thinker, even though he was an immigrant and came to the country, he knew right away he had to grow his empire. So producing New York State wines is one area. Right. He went to California a few years after he was here to look for producing good kosher California wines. Now at that time, Which nobody had done. Nobody had done. And at that time... There was, you know, Muscatel and Port Sweet type wines that were produced in California. And that's what we produced in California right on from the early years that he came into this country. Another area where he looked at was Israel. Right. Ertz was producing many wines. He decided, let him import some Israeli wine. So what I found yesterday was <laughs> really blew me away. Eretz, look at this bottle, Nachum. Eretz Israel Holy Land. Elias Kedem. Israel Sartern bottled in Israel wine. He made a joint venture with the Elias Winery, which is, <laughs> I guess, many, many years. This is at least 60 years old. As you could see, Royal Wine Corporation, New York, New York, which is the Lower East Side. Right. But in the back, and this, the Heksher is of two prominent rabbonim. And they are? One of them is the chief rabbi of Israel, Yitzchak Isaac Halevi Herzog. Wow. No relationship to us. Right, ironically. And the other one... The Ritzvi Pesach Frank, <gasps> the Rav of the Badatz Eidach Redis. Sure. So you have the Chief Rabbi <laughs> and and the uh, Ritzvi Pesach Frank, Kosher wow. LePesach Afla Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin, right on the label. Unbelievable. I maybe we should put up the auction. You, you can know. say that again. People might, there are people who would want that bottle, and that's a sealed bottle, by the look way. At the, yes, it's a sealed bottle. Some of the wine, the wine evaporated after the years. But it's, it's amazing. It's show amazing on, to see. Show on Facebook the label. There it is. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network. That's the bottle he refers to, over 60 years old, um, produced by his grandfather. In uh, Israel, together in with Israel, Elias. With the Elias Winery and brought here to the USA. I wonder if that was a really... Because you've told me that you know importing and exporting wine is not a simple thing. It is wine, after all, and the government's always you know watching very carefully. Uh, was that a difficult process for him? In to... those days, very difficult. You know, just the communication. Yeah. There was no emails, no telexes, no faxes. Yeah. I guess there were telegrams. To, and he didn't travel to Israel too often those days. But he found a winery and, and just contacted somebody. Just the fact that he somebody. got it done is amazing. And interestingly enough, 60 years later, Elias is today is the Binyamina winery. 
Wow. The name was Elias, then switched Elias Binyamina. So we import, until today, Binyamina wines. The famous Binyamina cave comes from the Elias Binyamina winery. I should show it to them also, but it's pretty, pretty amazing. Unbelievable. All right, celebrating 70 years of royal wine Kedem with some incredible classic bottles here at JM and the AM. Tune us in at Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You can see this entire presentation. There's more Yochi Herzog. That is... It didn't stop in Israel. It went to France and Italy. Right. As you know, so this is one of the first kosher French wines. My uncle David, or, or lovely you know, Shmuli, Shmuel David is his name, Herzog, when he joined the company, he knew that it, you know wine is made in France and all over the world. And with my grandfather's encouragement, he went to France. This is 1980. So this is uh, 38, 38 years old. 38 years ago. And we were the first to import a kosher French wine. And this is this is mind-boggling for younger people listening, that there was no such thing 40 years ago in this country of having a kosher French wine. Now, exactly. Now you have wine from not just France, but every country you can imagine. 13 countries. We produce wine now in 13 countries, and we export wine, Baruch Hashem, to 31 countries. Amazing. So this is one this of the is- first bottles of dry red wine, Bordeaux, from the Bordeaux region, Produced, I assume, in a in a joint effort with some winery in out Bordeaux. There. Yes, right. in Bordeaux, my uncle traveled over there, and uh, and as you see, it's interesting enough was a Kedem selection, right? Because it was all about Kedem, Kedem, Kedem. Right. Then marketing came along, and we had Baron Herzog and Bartonura and Herzog Imports, different brands, different labels. But it's it's interestingly enough, Nachum. Again, talk about nostalgia. I was in Paris last week. We have an office there. We produce a lot of wine in France, and I davened in the old shul called Rue Pavé. And the rabbi there, Rabbi Rottenberg, is the son of the Rabbi Rottenberg who gave the Heksha here. It says Shlita, but he's no longer alive. <laughs> so in this shul, I davened, and his son is still in the wine business, producing kosher wine. Unbelievable. Uh, that's also a sealed bottle. Uh, yes, sure is. How would it taste if we opened it up? Uh, not too good. <laughs> not too good. It's time not, has passed. Huh? Not too good, but it's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. It certainly is. It's amazing. So there you go. Facebook.com slash Network. Check out all these vintage classic bottles that Yochi Herzog has brought in as we celebrate 70 years. And there's more as he reaches into his bag of tricks. Now, this is pretty amazing. This I found in my house. As you know, we launched the Herzog Winery in 1985. Right. When we decided to do, produce some real quality California wine, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Merlot, right. or as the old timers would say, dry wine. Dry I'm wine. only used to sweet wine. What's dry wine? Well, we sell a lot of sweet wine, sell a lot of dry wine. So this is the first bottling. And again, talk about marketing. Today it's called simply Herzog, right. Baron Herzog. Well, the first name, we want it to be very fancy and very European. So the name of the brand, as you can see, is Domain Baron Jacquab, the Herzog Special Reserve Cabernet, Sonoma County. This is the first release. Unbelievable. Handwritten note, 1985 was produced in a city called Asti, California. Didn't even have our own winery yet in Oxnard, as you know we have today. So this is the first kosher California bottling that we produced in California. And when you would go ahead and do that in 1985, because it's wine, wouldn't you, I mean, it's a lot different than just, you know, making a food product kosher and sending in a mashkiach, right? I mean, a wine. Very much so. I tell people, you know, people don't realize the work, you know, you want to make kosher potato chips, they're given the food business right. also, obviously, kosher cookies, kosher potato chips, mashgiach goes in, kashers, checks the ingredients, you need one mashgiach. Producing wine, the guy can't touch. So right. you need anywhere 
between three to ten mashgichim per winery during the harvest, including the bottling. Including that run, including, including that early run. Well, in those days, it was made in a non-kosher winery. Right. Be kosher. Today, we have our own winery right. in Oxnard, California. But I'm saying that but when that bottle was made, you needed a staff. You needed a staff, a big staff. And usually, these wineries are in remote areas. Bordeaux, France, right. or 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 uh, Spain, <laughs> yeah, we, Rioja, we, Spain. We know where Bartonura is. <laughs> oh, but you've been to Bartonura. <laughs> it's far. There's no Chabad house there. Correct. I mean, the the, the Mashgichim <laughs> come from Chabad, from Milan, right. Italy, and and Paris. But uh, Bartonura, which is a huge brand, during the harvest we have thirty to forty Mashgichim slash workers working. We take over the entire winery because we don't play games when it comes to Hechsher and making kosher wine. Has to be done, you know. No touching, no no touching the machines, no handling, no bottling. Everything is done by Shemesh Shabbos from Yidden. So when this product was made in 1985, an entire staff was there to oversee it and to work there, not just oversee it, but to actually work on the entire process. Sure was, sure was, and sure is amazing. Uh, celebrating 70 years, that's the uh, the fourth classic bottle that you brought out. Any others in there? Wow, I can't believe this. Couldn't slept so many, but I have yeah. slept so many. You slept a whole bunch. Here's another one. Oh, oh, this is going to like. 158 Ludlow Street. <laughs> we could probably go there now. <laughs> one fifth, so this is one of the, one of the you know. It, it says, oh, you said before Rivington. That's right. where it was. It was on Ludlow. It says the Torah that you when men base Masois. Right. 42 Masois. You're almost there. <laughs> my Zayd, all of us, Shalom, you know, surviving the Holocaust and coming over to this country. It took him many, many. My father, Zayn Gazunt, always says there were years and years in the beginning of Kedem, they barely had bread in the house to eat. They were struggling. They were struggling because he worked so hard. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of kosher wineries in those days on the Lower East Side. He, he wasn't the first. There was, there was Ganellus Langer. There was Lipschitz. There was Birnbaum. There's a bunch of other wineries, and he was the newcomer. He was one of them, Manishevitz, Shapiro's, and he was the newcomer. And Baruch Hashem, after many, many years, he surpassed all of them. But it was difficult the first few years, very difficult. And so this is one of the first, again, California. I think, Im- I think that's very important for people to hear. I think it's very important for people to hear. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. My father tells the story. I forget exactly what it was. When he started working in the family business, my father, I think, started working in 1955 or 56. And he told me at that time his paycheck, I think, don't quote me, Dad, if you're listening, was either 35 or $40 a week. Just enough. He moved from Williamsburg to Borough Park. And Borough Park is a little more expensive than yeah. just enough to cover his rent. That's that's how they struggle. He had five, four boys in the business. My four, my father and three uncles. One that passed away, Uncle right. Yankel, Ernest Oliver Shalom, who they and, say and was a wine genius. Yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. brilliant. His children are now in the business, right. as you know, Michi and Ellie. Sure. And uh, they struggled and struggled. And they worked very hard. Didn't give up until the Baruch Hashem succeeded and built a, a beautiful company. It takes a while, huh? That sure does. Sure even does. every even every new venture you take on now takes a while to 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 make inroads. Well, the first thing you need to have the and everything you do, and you need the right muscle and the right people. With Hashem's help, it it works. Amazing. Uh, okay, that bottle. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So but it's Lud- bottle, Lud- Ludlow Street. Yeah. So, but look at this. Talk about creativity. 50, 60 years ago, California Muscatel wine. Right. The wine is made in California, trucked over by by uh, tankers to Ludlow Street and bottled over here. He didn't have a bottling plant there, and for, for, I assume for koshering reasons right. also. So he went there, made the wine, brought it over here, bottled a few blocks away from where we are sitting right now. Pretty amazing. 158 Ludlow Street, New York, New York, 
bonded winery number 600. We still have that number. Which is it's, all the government regulations. The government regulations, right. right. So this is an Also, by the way, I know there was color on the other ones, but this looks like it was. there was a little thought put into the design. Yeah, of this, this was already <laughs> the, the marketing people got involved. They added color, right. and they called it red label. Right. This was fancy, they, they like the reserve. Right. Like the reserve, but amazing. Show what, that to the camera over like, there. Amazing how creative they were. <laughs> In those days, my uncles and, and my Zaydal. Right. They knew that the uh, consumer wanted uh, something wanted different. That, that step stood up. Out. Right. I mean, look at the difference between yeah. these two. This is blue. This is a blue label and a red label. So we went fancy right. from the blue label <laughs> to the red label. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I dare ask. There's more in there, huh? No, no, that's I it. slept so many. Five bottles. Pretty amazing. My weight limit. Uh, those, of, <laughs> those of you who are who are listening, you have a chance to go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. It'll give you an opportunity to see all the bottles that are in front of Yochi right now, some of the classics from the last 70 years, and they are pretty remarkable. The, uh, the Oxnard Winery actually opened up in what year? The ribbon cutting was when? Nine, uh, I want to say 1991, I think, or 92. I might be off by a few years. Was it that sh- soon after you started the 1985 production of wine in California? Did you had your own place or already? Maybe, maybe I'm making a mistake. It's probably 1995. 95, so 1995. about 10 years after that. And um, it, has it changed a lot? Has it grown? Have you had to add to it a lot over the last 20 years? Like, has it been a... Yeah. Well, you know, the, at the Oxnard Winery, you know, we produced the Herzog right. label there, the Jeunesse label, right. the Weinstock label. And Baruch Hashem, the brand continues to grow, always new labels, new marketing, you know, Mati, it's two Matis, you know, Mati in New York, Mati LA. Right. And so Mati, or, or is, as he's known as Morty in New York, is always coming up with new ideas and different blends and different things from a marketing standpoint. And Mati LA, who lives in Los Angeles, my cousin Mati Herzog does a great job out there. And he's always, you know, reinventing different wine, different single varietals, single vineyards, etc., etc. Always looking for different high-end wine, some uh, single estates and special reserves, etc. And you said before that you're exporting to 31 countries at this point? Yes. So your salespeople need to know what people in those countries gravitate toward. They need to know what, they, what well, they're enjoying. Well, you know Jay Booksbaum, right? Sure, we know him all right. famous Jay Booksbaum. Exactly. So Jay, one of his responsibilities, besides being director of education, travels to South America regularly. And in South America... We have Argentina, Mexico, Panama, and they're not all the same. Even though they're Spanish, one guy likes semi-dry, one guy wants dry, one guy wants Kedem, one guy wants uh, Baron Herzog, one guy needs Bartonora. So, yes, we're, we're doing it long enough that, you know, in Moscow, for example, I was in Russia a few years ago. There we sell a lot of the Kedem sweet wines and Bartonora because they love the blue bottle. And lately they're buying the Herzog Reserve wines. Mm. So every country has its nuances and its uh, Israel. For example, as you know, right. you, we're exporting to Israel, Baruch Hashem, Bartonora, Baron Herzog, Kedem. And, and as much as, it's very interesting, as much as the dry wine or the real wine, as people call it, you know, Cab, Chard, Merlot, etc., there's still a big demand and a big market for sweet wines. Good old Kedem, Concord Grape, and the low-alcohol wines. Because even the Cabernet drinker, they can't always make Kiddush unless a Cabernet Sauvignon on Friday night. So they'll make Kiddush on a sweet wine, and then after the fish, they'll crack the Chardonnay or the Cabernet or Merlot or French, etc., etc. So there's still, those are traditional, but for the wife and the children, they can't always drink a dry wine. So there's still a big number, Baruch Hashem, of uh, people wanting to drink sweet wines or, or not so sweet, you know, 
less sugar like the cream red and the matuk soft, you know, low alcohol, less sugar, etc. Concord call. Concord call, um, exactly. <laughs> is the Israeli market a tough one to break into? I don't mean the, the, the actual exporting to Israel and the government regulations and all that. I mean the consumer. Is it tough to break into the consumer market in Israel or they're as the yes. same as any other country? Yes and no, because you have a lot of Anglo-speaking. Uh, ah, right. So you, so you have a base. They have right. A lot of Americans are always looking you know, I need to get my Kedem grape juice. I need to get my Herzog wine. I need my late harvest. Right. One of your favorite wines, sure. etc. So there is a, a core base. But Baruch Hashem, over the years, we've noticed that even the Israelis, uh, if you do tastings with them and show it to them, it's it's a, it's a very competitive market. There's only three, four big chains there, so it's very competitive. And there's also many, many, many local Israeli wineries. So, you know, I'm a newcomer, so, you know, right. who needs you here? But Baruch Hashem, we're, we're successful there, too. I want to get back to Israel in a second, but before that, we were in Atlanta last week. Is it is it is it very different when a state allows you to sell wine in a supermarket? Is it very different for you, or it's not that different? Not really. No? Not really, because most states today, people don't realize, you, know, you live in New York, right. you have a separate liquor store and separate grocery store. You go into Florida or California or Chicago. It's all available in the supermarket? It's, it's all available in the supermarket, so we... We 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 know how to deal with the supermarkets to sell wine and in private uh, liquor stores to sell wine. And back to Israel for a second. In these seventy years, or, or certainly the last twenty or thirty years, uh, somebody else could have made this decision to associate with Israeli wines and Israeli companies and bring them into the U.S. And you know how important it is for us, especially around any holiday, including Hanukkah, to encourage people to drink Israeli wine. But at some point, someone in your company said, you know, there's an entire market in Israel and, you know, no one really who knows what they're doing is importing these wines to the U.S. At some point, that had to have been discussed in your company. It's interesting because we've always been importing Israeli wine, always, as you see from my grandfather. From those early bottles. So we always did, we had Montfort Israeli wine, which then became Barkan. We had Carmel, we used to import Carmel way, way, way back and then they went on their own. Um, uh, then we joined forces again. Right, but it's I think it's a it's a it's a two pronged success story. We always kept up with Israel. We love Israel, and we're always dealing with Israeli wine. But in the last twenty years, the quality of Israeli wines has gone unbelievable. I mean, you have the big wineries, Carmel, Barkan, Binyamina, Tavor, that are producing amazing wine. They have all these boutiques. There's 200 boutique wineries today in Israel. Right. We don't have enough space to import all of them, and many of them are not equipped for exporting. But you have the boutiques like Sagot, Shiloh, Alexander, Castel, that are producing amazing wines, which Baruch Hashem will able to penetrate the non-traditional kosher market, even the Goisha market. We are working now with a bunch of supermarkets and wine chains they have separate and sections box, and big box stores, and big Costco, etc. Right. They have separate sections in their stores. They have Israel, not kosher. So they have a kosher wine section, which we supply them with. They have a separate section called Israeli wine section. So it's it's a combination of realizing the amazing quality of Israeli wines coming over here and being a leader. We decided we're going to be a leader in that area also. So Bokhshem, we're the largest importer. We represent 29 Israeli wineries, the four big ones and 25 other boutiques. And we're always bringing in another two, three. We launched three new Israeli brands just in the last year. Uh, you might not have seen them. Jezreel, small little winery up up north. Uh, Vitkin is another winery. And the third one skips my mind. Gush Etzion. Oh, from the Gush. He was in my office yesterday. Schrager Rosenberg. 
We launched the brand it's 10 months wine. ago. It's a good nice wine. Nice wine. Yeah. comes from the Gush, so a lot right. of people, you know, relate to that. Sure. Uh, and and, and every, every Israeli brand is doing well by us, Baruch Hashem. Uh, do you have a boutique winery knocking on your door every day? <laughs> I mean, Not every day. Who takes those calls in your office? Because you, you could do that all day long, take uh, you know, we, we people a, begging you to, to import you, to import yes, their brand. Yes, and we do turn away some. You know, we're we not going to take a brand just because right. we're importers. We, we take a brand if we think we could sell it, if we think we can grow the brand, and if we think uh, the price is right. You know, some of the boutiques are so small that they think that they're the wow, the next best Castel or, or Psagot or Flam. And their price And the price the... is right there, but they don't have the, the, the repertoire, the image, et cetera, yet. So, so we tell them very, very honestly and very openly, we don't think America will do well with your brand. He can go somewhere else, no problem, be my guest. But uh, but we're, we're very open, very transparent with them, and we're always looking to grow the portfolio. Se- uh, celebrating 70 years with Yochi Herzog, Kedem Royal Wine Corporation. At some point, and I'm always curious about these transitions, at some point, uh, again, someone in your office said, it's time to expand beyond wine and grape juice and get into the food business. And to you know, put a lot, and there are a lot of of kosher food brands under your roof at this point. Boch Hashem, a lot of Boch different Hashem. brands. And as you know, we've totally separated because it it gotten so big. Right. The food and the wine. So it's two completely so different corporations. Totally separate. You know, it's called Keiko, or Kedem Foods. And in that umbrella, we have the Kedem brand, of course, Kedem grape juice, and Geffen is one of the brands, and Glicks and Shibolim. And then again, just like the wines, we represent many brands from Israel. We are also representing many brands from Israel, like Elite and Unilever, Matzot Yehuda, Bagel Bagel, etc., uh, etc. Et because right. we we realize the opportunity of uh, also the power, Baruch Hashem, we have is the distribution, which is key today. You can have the best brand if you don't have the right manpower. And Baruch Hashem, we have some great people working for us. Really, a great team. You'll see at the Hanukkah party on Thursday, which we do every year. Thank you for the invitation. The Hanukkah party at the at the wine division. We do one in the food division also, but as the quality has gone up and the demand has gone up and there's the internet and people see and people travel, so they're looking for brands from Israel, et cetera, et cetera. So we represent many, many brands in the food division also from Israel. All right, finally, we got to talk about the grape juice. I mean, this is, I mean, your grandfather was a winemaker. Sure was. Was he making grape juice in the old country as well? No, or, right. No, no. That so was his invention I mean, here. It, I was thinking about this this morning. If you're wondering what I'm doing at 5 a.m., I was thinking about this this morning. At, with all the discussions we've had, and we know each other, uh, you know, 30 years, and I have to thank you for everyone knows it. It's obvious that you and your company are one of the main supporters of all the work that we do. And you're 70 years old. We're 35 years old. So we're like your baby brothers, so to speak. So we value this relationship as you can imagine, and and you know we do. But I was thinking this morning that the the the, the thing, the item that really uh, separated you from everybody else is the grape juice. I mean, it's got to be such a large part of the, now I guess you would say the food department, right? The food umbrella of Keiko, but obviously under the name Kedem. Um, and why would a winemaker, why would a winemaker who's here in the U.S. and is now partnering, as you described earlier, with a team of great partners in this Royal Wine Corporation, at some point, I guess decided to introduce a grape juice into the market. How, how would he even think that this would be? It's an amazing story. He he was getting a lot of, you know, in the olden days, like we said, it was all sweet wine. Right. Muscatel, Concord grape, port. And drink four cups of Dalit Kosos of, of uh, strong 12% alcoholic wine. 
people would meet my Zaydi in the shul. I have such a headache. I can't drink the wine. I can't drink wine. It's too heavy. What can I mix it with? How much water can I put in? It was just, he, it was common sense. He said, one minute, and there was non-kosher grape juice. He said, one second, let me produce kosher grape juice. And it was very difficult process to do. My father once showed me pictures of the old tanks because you need special tanks because grapes naturally ferment. So you put them, you say they, start, they become wine a few days right after the, right. the crushing. So you have to stop the fermentation. There's cold fermentation, many different methods. It's, uh, we don't have too much time to go into all the details. But to make a good quality grape juice, it takes, in a way, funny as this may sound, it might be more difficult than producing wine because you have to keep it from fermenting. If we have chillers, we have freezers, we have you go through a lot of filters. And and he, 1958, actually, he produced the first grape juice. There was no kosher grape juice in America before 1958. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. He was the first, and it was an instant success. And obviously, he went to discuss it. The Taylor Rav right. was our Rav Amach. That was a many, key many years. to get somebody to declare that you could use that this. That you used right? to call Moshe Feinstein. I said he used to go to a lot of the old Lubavitcher Rebbe. He always, my Zaid was very close to all Rabbanim, Hasidish, Litvish, and Misnagdish. It was amazing. He was, we're, you know, we're Ashkenaz, we're Oberland. I don't know right. if you know the expression, Oberland, right. that we come from. And uh, until today, my father, my uncles, myself, we go everywhere. We go to the Agura Convention, and we go to Satmar, and we go to the uh, Torah Mesorah Convention, and the OU Convention. We're close to every Orthodox rabbi who wants to listen to us, and we, and we support many of them. So at some point was it a was it a I don't know a a, a a very serious discussion about whether it could be used for kiddish or or did it make sense to to the rabbis that that they could give a hashkacha or yeah. give their approval that this would be able to be used for kiddish? There's gemaras, there's gemaras that talk that about discuss it. So they had to talk about on. you know tirosh and stuff like that. Toises, yain megitoy. There's the gemara that talks about fresh juice, which obviously means right. it's not alcohol yet. Right. But they based on that, they, they, everybody, every rough said no problem at all. I mean, it's from a grape after all. Hundred percent grape juice, right. and uh, and the rest is history, as they right. say. Baruch Hashem, it took off. Today we have. You know, the grape juice, and we have the sparkling grape right. juices, which is perfect for Hanukkah. And a whole bunch of the different. And the children, and, a, and a different flavors. Right. But Baruch Hashem, it's a very big item in the Jewish community and in the Havland, the non-Jewish community also. Unbelievable. And we know, of course, the success of Bartanura and other brands in the secular community. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. I walked into a BJ's Wholesale Club recently. I saw a massive, uh, <laughs> a massive picture of a Bartanura wine bottle outside of it, you know, like it was the size of a billboard. And then on the other side, there was another one. It may have been Kedem Grape Juice. I don't remember. But there was another item of yours that was uh, that was being sold at a general location like that. So Yeah, no, Bartonor Moscato is a very big brand, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, and I noticed a lot of others that are under your umbrella are coming out with Moscatos. A lot of, and some of them are different. They're yes, just, yes. Different the, levels the of sweetness. The Moscato category is a growing category because it's sweet. It reminds you of home, but it's not, you know, really, it's not a heavily sweet one. Right. Like a, Concord grape, it's, a, it's easy to drink. Even a Cabernet drinker is not always in the mood of drinking Cabernet. He'll enjoy, you know, nice, refreshed, chilled, uh, especially in the summer, uh, Moscato, Moscato di Asti. And um, I did notice that there, I, I had a different one this past Shabbos of the Moscatos, and I noticed it's just not as sweet as the Bartonur. There's different levels and different, you know. Yes. Different you also tastes. have 
I don't know if you noticed the new Moscato Rosé. Right. The beautiful black yeah, bottle. Yeah, nice. Champagne. Looks like a champagne it's a, bottle. Yeah, it's, it's a year old and Baruch Hashem doing That's it very well. That's a good Hanukkah well. item. Perfect for Hanukkah yeah. with the latkes. Oh my gosh. Perfect wow. hit for Hanukkah. What have you been pairing with uh, Sufganiyot? Anything uh, Anything you want to recommend? Believe or? it or not, I haven't had one yet. Not one Sufganiyot? I had a latke so far. By the time you get, to, had a latke by the time so you get to the big celebration in Bayonne on Thursday, you have to have at least one Sufganiyot, you know? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to be Yitzhaz. The one from Israel. Oh, you like those? Something huh? about the Sufganiyot. No, Israel, they do it so much they better. Don't, they don't make them here. Somehow, that's why you have the whole Yerushalayim smells from Sufganiyot. Correct. Where are you going? And that's why you haven't had any yet, because you remember, you, once could you've be. had Yerushalayim, forget could it. Be. No, oh. Nobody's having any here real deal. once they've tasted the ones in Israel. Uh, well, what can I say? It's 70 years, everybody, and they're celebrating, and they have reason to celebrate. An incredible story, an amazing company, and everybody out there is, uh, every time now you buy a bottle of uh, of any of it, of Kedem, Barrett Herzog, any of the food items under all the different names, uh, you know that you are um, a purchasing from a family that knows the business and knows the business very well. And uh, we say Mazal Tov on 70 years. What did I say? Shivim is, uh, I forgot what Shivim is. What was the Mishnah Shivim Maybe. I don't remember. Either one, we wish you both. <laughs> And we wish you continued success. And we say a big thank you to you for uh, all you do for us here. And we still haven't made it out to, to Oxnard. It's one of our goals to get out there one time and, uh, and participate in the, uh, you know, in seeing what goes on at, at what must be the most amazing facility. You have to come out there. You have to. And the restaurant. Yeah, and what's the that? Tierra Sur is rated. Another forward-thinking move. He's rated as one of the best kosher restaurants in America, maybe in the world. Whose Just idea amazing. was that? My that's, uncle, my uncle, you know, many wineries have little, they do that? little tasting rooms, right. little, you know, snacky food, light food, deli Correct. stuff like that. But we decided, you know, let's go all out and do it all right. And it's, it's a big hit, you know, strictly kosher. It's a, again, another Kiddush Hashem, you have more non-Jews than Jews eating in the strictly kosher restaurant in Oxnard, California and coming back. There are people who claim it's the best kosher restaurant in the world. Yes, many people. And it's had that reputation from the time it started, which is a while ago, as we said. So that's pretty amazing that it's able to maintain that kind of reputation. It's a lot of hard work. I a can only hard imagine. Work and the chef puts it all in. Those of you watching on Facebook, Yochi Herzog has brought in these incredible bottles, a lot of classics, uh, brings back a lot of memories of, uh, <laughs> of a time long ago when the uh, Kedem Wine Corporation Royal wine was uh, was much younger than it is now. Now the uh, the unbelievable influence it has in the world of kosher wine and kosher food is unbelievable. We wish you a Freilich and Hanukkah. We wish you another happy 70. Admei of Esterman beyond. Amen, amen, amen. Thank the, you the, very the much. The younger generation gets it. The younger generation of your co- corporation understands the history of all this and how important it is. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, they do. You know, my son is in the business and, and another three second cousins. So we're on Gen 4. Baruch Hashem in America and everybody gets along. Baruch Hashem, and I want to thank you, Nachum, and all your listeners Pleasure. for drinking Kedem and Kedem products for the last 70 years, and everybody should have a Freilich and Hanukkah, and thanks for everything. Unbelievable. Thank you very much, and a Freilich and Hanukkah, and what your grandfather is uh, would be thinking if he saw this on the Lower East Side of Manhattan at the moment, celebrating 70 years of this corporation, it would just be amazing, I'll Baruch tell you. Hashem. Just where it started, everybody, as we said earlier, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and here we are, sitting blocks away from the original winery, on Kenmare Street, that's the original one, Kenmare Street, an extension of Delancey Street, for those of you familiar with the neighborhood. Uh, and uh, 70 years later, the uh, International Kedem Royal Wine Corporation 
is uh, to be admired by all in the world of kosher food and beyond. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments of the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I want to thank those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash NachumSiegel Network. Of course, that video will be available forever, thank God. And my thanks to Yochi Herzog. During this Hanukkah week, which is one of those very rare weeks when he's not traveling, we knew we'd be able to secure him and get him in studio to talk about the last 70 years of Kedem. And when you buy their products, now you can have a better appreciation for the history and the incredible efforts made by a lot of people and sacrifice made by a lot of people over the last seven decades. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Hanukkah. Freilich and Hanukkah tomorrow. We're back with plenty more. JM Rewind is next. Avrami live from Israel with a Sufganiyah-filled live lunch. Starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to keep it where you have it here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.